Hello and welcome to episode 54 of Sensational She Geek Live from Yancey Street. Today is Monday the 7th of March and I am about to give you six episodes in one go. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and check the, the episode page. I swear there are a bunch of new ones today. Regardless, this week's episode, we're going to discuss a couple of news items, some very fun things. Uh, before we get into the comic book picks of the week, uh, we have Strange number one, Batman Killing Time number one of six, She-Hulk number two, and Dark Knights of Steel number five of twelve. Really great issue. And then we have our comic book pull list for the coming week. And finally, some initial thoughts on the Batman, which I did see this past weekend. Uh, before we get started, though, I'll give you my regular social information. You can find me on Instagram with the username Anna with the comics, because my name is Anna and I have the comics. My Twitter is Savage She Geek, and my website is sensationalshegeek.weebly.com, where it includes highlights on the front page about Madeline Pryor, the Goblin Queen, Ileana Rasputin, Magic, and Clea, the new Sorcerer Supreme at Marvel, who is expected to show up in Multiverse of Madness this May. You can also find pod notes on the site for reading the podcast instead of listening. It's also made available for anyone who is hearing impaired, so they may also follow along with the goings-on of the podcast. You can also find links to everywhere that you can listen to the podcast, which includes most hosting apps and also includes YouTube, where I post all of the episodes in a playlist in order, and I also like to post action figure review videos. My most recent upload was of the Marvel Hasbro Marvel Legends binary figure, who is set to be a Walgreens exclusive here in the US. I'm really not sure if she's appearing yet at all, but my husband got me this one from the UK, uh, so I could get it a little earlier. It's the same exact figure, just without the Walgreens sticker on the box. I also have a podcast Patreon. It is under Sensational She Geek. It's set up for donations to support the podcast so I can spend more time working on this and less time on my day job. And I also have a Ko-fi Cash App, PayPal, and Venmo all linked on my link tree, which should appear at the bottom of each of these episodes' descriptions. Last, I have a favorite uh, Redbubble sticker up for sale, which says a woman's place is in the comic shop. Uh, a couple people have really enjoyed that, so I figured I'd give it a shout out. And there's some other fun uh, nerd print, uh, nerd themed stickers there if you would like to check that out. It is all under She Geek Shop. Kicking things off with the only rumor I have of the week, and that is that there is going to be a character called Sarah in Multiverse of Madness. Um, my initial thought for this is that it's probably going to be Sarah Wolf. And we know this because there is a, uh, a Funko Pop picture has leaked, um, showing somebody in, it appears to be a black woman named Sarah dressed in sorcerer's robes. Um, there's two options for this. Sarah Wolf could be one of the options. Sarah Wolf is a Native American woman who ends up being Stephen Strange's, um, uh, a secretary basically and a good friend of Clea and almost love interest of Wong they have feelings for each other but he has promised to someone else so it never goes anywhere however um, there is also Sarah Crowler who is a magician in Marvel Comics and who is the mother of Baron Mordo um, Mordo of course being one of the main villains that we know from Multiverse of Madness so um, take 
take this news how you will. It's just a rumor. She could be one of these two figures. Um, however, based on the appearance of the uh, the pop itself, I kind of am leaning that it might be actually Baron Mordo's mother, as somewhat ridiculous as that may be. The cast of Weird, the Al Yankovic story, has officially been announced, including Evan Rachel Wood in the role of Madonna. We also have Rain Wilson as the legendary Bizarro radio host, Dr. Demento, and Toby Huss and Julian Nicholson play Yankovic's parents, Nick and Mary, of course. Weird Al himself is being played by Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, this is going to be a really interesting one. Evan Rachel Wood playing Madonna, um, Daniel Radcliffe playing Weird Al, Rain Wilson as this weirdo. It's going to be weird and we are going to love it. At least I know I am. Something that I have uh, heard of simply because I went to college at San Francisco State University um, is there's going to be a free Zoom discussion um, about Stan Lee with author Abraham Reisman. He wrote the book True Believer, The Rise and Fall of Stan Lee. He's going to be holding a talk and if you would like to uh, participate in the talk and view the Zoom. It is free. It takes place Monday, March 28th from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific time. Um, you can Google it, The Myth of Stan Lee, a conversation with Abraham Reisman, and in case you don't know how to spell that, Google The Myth of Stan Lee SFSU, um, and that will bring up a couple of options where you can get information on how to register for the Zoom for free. Um, what he says about True Believer, he says, True Believer is the first complete and unvarnished account of the life of Stan Lee, the writer and editor who brought Marvel Comics to the world, changed global popular culture, and became an unmistakable icon, only to watch his life shatter into operatic tragedy. Based on more than 150 exclusive interviews and thousands of pages of archival material, True Believer's narrative stretches from Lee's ancestral trauma in eastern Romania to his shocking final days in Los Angeles. Along the way, it digs into many any unsettling questions did lee actually create the characters he gained which he fame for creating was he complicit in millions of dollars worth of fraud at his post marvel companies which members of the cavalcade of grifters who surrounded him were most responsible for the misery of his final days and above all what drove this man to achieve so much yet always boast of more um really interesting stuff i think in an era in a post stanley era um at this at this point in time, we are capable of stepping back and understanding that Stanley is a complicated person. Um, he, yes, the true believer, the head of Marvel, the the spotlight, all that great stuff. But there's more to. There's always more to it than that. Um, so if you would like to participate or be involved in this talk at all, again, just Google the myth of Stan Lee. SFSU, as in San Francisco State University. The link that I'm currently on looking at, uh, it says Department of Jewish Studies, because they are putting this on. Um, so if you see that, that is the link that you want to check, and it does have a bit there for the Zoom registration if you are interested in that. Some more fun news. Uh, as a person who recently subscribed to Crunchyroll, I was delighted to find out mere days later that Crunchyroll has sucked up all of Funimation's anime content. Ah, oh, 
there was a number of things that I had on my list. I was like, I hope this is on Crunchyroll. And then I went and it wasn't. And a few days later, it was. So if there's stuff that you haven't seen on Crunchyroll and you haven't checked it in a while, go back, refresh yourself. Crunchyroll now consumed Funimation. <laughs> and now you have tons more anime content. Go weebs. And it is also Women's History Month. Um, we're going to be hopefully being able to spotlight women characters and creators as we go through the various picks and polls and happenings of the month. Um, so just keep that in mind and I will do my best to point them out when we come across them. More exciting news in the world of comics. Kevin Smith is launching a comic book imprint with Dark Horse. It says one of the first titles will be an anthology series featuring a rotating roster of artists that is set in the world of his clerk's movies. Um, this is really exciting for people who are fans of Kevin Smith. He obviously has had his fingers in comics for a very long time and has done a lot of film and TV as well. His new line of comics under Dark Horse will be called Kevin Smith's Secret Stash Press, which adopts the name from his comic book store that he owns in New Jersey. The first title will be, cry will be called Masquerade. It is going to be an eight-issue masked Avenger tale about a budding vigilante. Andy Mikhail Fresh will have the art. They also have Quick Stops, which is that anthology series that's going to be ongoing and rotating a roster of artists set in the world of Jay and Silent Bob and uh, Clerks. What, what Kevin Smith had to say about this. 2022 marks the 25th anniversary of my comic book store, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. And after a quarter century of selling comics, the Secret Stash is going to make our own comics. So that's very exciting. Also, if you have not seen Comic Book Men, that is a phenomenal TV show. Uh, I definitely recommend that one. Moving on to comic book picks. These are things that came out the 1st or 2nd of March. We're going to talk first about Strange Number 1. Um, this was, of course, Clea's first issue of her first solo series. I really, really would have preferred a woman to write it, um, for obvious reasons. Jed McKay is fine. Um, I feel like a woman could have done better, though. The art is not so great, though. Um, I don't know why the art is kind of meh. They explain her taking, uh, Strange as a last name because she is of the faulty and they don't have surnames, which is true. Neither do the people of the Dark Dimension, the Muruks, either. I still think it's pretty out of character for someone of those worlds to care about last names. Just kind of like how they brought it up in Star Wars and people were like, who cares about last names in Star Wars? <laughs> She is still wearing her new purple MCU look, as I'm calling it, when she goes out, but she transforms into this Sorcerer Supreme look that uh, was comes from Earth X for her battles. They have her say that Umar is her mother, thank goodness, because the last time she uh, was in something like this before, Death of Doctor Strange, they completely ignored that fact. Uh, they made a point of ignoring that fact. Um... So she and Wong in this issue go to some place called the Shrouded Bazaar, which is like a supernatural market in New York City. It really reminds me of something, but I can't put my finger on it. And I feel like once I figure it out, I will be, oh, yeah, you know, like, oh, that's so obvious. Um, but they get attacked by the Blasphemy Cartel. Um, 
and Clea, you know, defends them and stuff. I just, I, I have a major issue with the trope that powerful women can't just be powerful. They have to be angry and somewhat out of control. The men never have that issue. Can we not? <laughs> and we do get to see her in her faulting form in a couple of panels, which is excellent. And finally, we also have uh, the Harvest Man who shows up and brings Zombie Thunderstrike back to life. So, not sure why, but that's kind of baller. <laughs> Batman Killing Time number one of six. It is in DC continuity. Um, this was created because DC, uh, they approached Tom King to write a series to go along alongside the Matt Reeves Batman to not take from it, to not pull from it, nothing like that, just to go alongside it. Um, and so that's what Tom King has here. It's focusing on Catwoman, the Riddler, and the Penguin against Batman. And I really like this first issue. I honestly don't remember that much of it. I feel like I read it a month ago. Um, so I'm going to reread it <laughs> before I read the next one. She-Hulk number two, The Return of Jack of Hearts. I am still really, 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 really loving the art. I believe that was Rohan Antonio doing the art. Fan-fucking-tastic. Um, absolutely adore she the, the little montage of She-Hulk introducing herself to the neighbors, taking the subway, helping an ambulance through traffic. Yes, 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 yes. Classic She-Hulk. And of course, then her boss shows, or she shows up to her work and her boss isn't happy about her showing up green. But for Jenna, it just feels so right. It's, she can't not. So um, I, I really, really love, um, I, I, I just, I just love that she's back to what she works with her so well. Um, it does seem that the villain is going to be somebody who is either experimenting on heroes or making copies of heroes, but their obsession is clearly Jen, um, and she is clearly the target for them. Dark Knights of Steel, number five of 12. We finally got to see Ivy, and good God, that's like... It's like the dudes who do thirst trap videos who think they're so cool... Ivy, like, does that to Harley in person. She's, like, makes Harley swoon. <laughs> and it's like, I can't blame her. She looks fantastic. Um, really, really cool. Really cool issue. Bruce goes to talk to Cal, and he stabs him with kryptonite. So, clearly nothing good coming from Cal. Cal's gone crazy. And then when Zara gets confronted about how she killed the prince and the king, she has no idea what they're talking about. Um, so is it possible that either they're getting brainwashed, are they going crazy and forgetting, or are there duplicates of some sort? Unsure, but super excited to find out. Again, Dark Knights of Steel is by Tom Taylor and Yasmin Putri. Now let's talk comic book polls. These are coming out, comics that are coming out either tomorrow the 8th for DC Comics or Wednesday the 9th of March for everything else. For the number ones of these of this week, I will be going over their solicitations a bit. And for the others, uh, I'll just kind of list them off because by now we probably all know what's going on in these long ongoing series. So first off, Little Monsters number one by Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nguyen. These are the la they are the last children on Earth who also happen to be vampires. For longer than they can remember, these child vampires have lived a life of eternal wonder amongst the ruins of humanity. But shocking events fractured the group and set them on a path of discovery that will shatter their innocence forever. 
Hit Me, number one, by Krista Faust and Marco Lesko. A high-octane crime thriller from Krista Faust and Priscilla Pitrates. Oh, I guess it's Priscilla Pitrates, my bad. Lulu has a- it's my cat's name, not really, it's Lucy, we call her Lulu. Lulu has a very unique profession. She gets paid by the bruise, and when she is witness to the execution of one of her regular clients, she escapes into the night with a briefcase filled with diamonds and a pack of killers on her trail. Navigating the dark underbelly of decaying early 90s Atlantic City, one step ahead of her pursuers, Lulu must call upon every one of her street-born instincts and underworld connections in what will be the longest and possibly last night of her life. Woman of Marvel number one, which I don't know why they're calling it number one. It should be called Woman of Marvel number. Tw- it should be called Woman of Marvel twenty twenty two because they do one every year, pretty much. Celebrate the phenomenal Woman of Marvel with tales spun from the greatest minds in comics. Do they actually have a list of any of them here? No, we don't know who's going to be in it, but we have creators like Charlie Jane Anders, Merc Andolfo, Jordi Belair, and many more. Captain Carter number one of five is by Jamie McKelvey and Mar- Marika Cresta, colored by Jamie McKelvey. This is uh, McKelvey's first time writing for Marvel. He's been trying to get his writing career up and going at Marvel for a very long time. They finally let him have one. What it says is a, rela- a reality where Agent Peggy Carter took the super soldier serum is turned upside down when the World War II hero is pulled from the ice where she was lost in action decades before. Peggy struggles to find her footing in a modern world that hasn't that's gotten a lot more complicated. Cities are louder, technology is smarter, and enemies wear friendly faces. Everyone with an agenda wants Captain Carter on their side, but what does Peggy want? And will she have time to figure that out when mysterious forces are already gunning for her? Spider-Gwen's Gwenverse number one by Tim Seeley and Jody Nishijima. Not enough Gwens. When Gwen Stacy was bitten by a radioactive spider, she gained arachnid-like superpowers and started crime-fighting career as Spider-Woman. But what would have what would have happened if she had picked up the enchanted ha- hammer Mjolnir, or if she received the Super Soldier Serum, or built a high-tech suit of armor? Or you get the idea. Find out in this new five-issue miniseries by Tim Seeley and Jody Nishijima, as Ghost Spider tumbles through time and comes face to face with herself. Let's also have covers by David Nakayama. Trial of the Amazons, number one, by Stephanie Williams, Vita Ayala, Joel Jones, Becky Clinton, and I suppose Michael Conrad. Art by Joel Jones, Elena Casagrande, Laura Braga, and Skylar Patridge. After the events of Nubia and the Amazons, the dangers of worlds of Doom's doorway have found their way to man's world and garnered the attention of not one, but all three Amazonian tribes. The Bain and Migdal consider it to be weakness, to be a weakness in the current regime, and have decided to turn return to the shores of Themyscira to stake their claim over the island. Little they know, the Escasida are not far behind, but instead looking for looking for help to combat the evil unleashed. Tempers rise and swords are brandished in th- as the women argue about the best course of action. Now Queen Nubia must show them all the way to peace by calling for one of the most famous Amazon traditions, the contest. Who among them is worthy of leading them into the future? Find out the bravest, wisest, and fiercest warriors compete to be champions of all of the Amazons. DC Comics presents Bloody Bloody Blah. They're so proud of themselves and it's two issues. It's two issues. It's this and the next issue. And then there's Punisher number one by Jason Aaron and Paul Azaceta and Jesus Saiz. But we're not going to talk about that. Draculina number two comes from Christopher Priest and Michael San Maria, I think is how that's pronounced. 
Panther number two from Ton Snigoski and Jianan Etchison. Daisy number four of five from Colin Lorimer. Devil's Rain number five of six from Chip Zarsky and Marco Chiquetto. Nubia and the Amazons number six from Vita Ayala and Stephanie Williams with Aletha Martinez and Mark Morales. It is the final issue and part two of Trial of the Amazons. Mirka Andolfo's Sweet Paprika number eight of 12 by, of course, Mirka Andolfo. And Superman Son of Kal-El number nine by Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo as part two of two of the Nightwing Son of Kal-El crossover. Finally, we have Eternals number 10 by Kieran Gillen and Asad Ribic. And Thor 23 by Donnie Cates. Whew, it's a long pull list for this coming week, but there is some really solid stuff in here. Now, I would like to discuss the Batman. Um, I saw this on Friday. Really, really enjoyed it. Definitely going to see it again. Okay, so um, there's some interesting things. Interesting stuff. I don't want to spoil too much, um, but I do want to talk about how much I loved the Bat-Cat relationship. Over the course of Tom King's time writing uh, Batman and various Batman tie-ins and events and things, what he really focused on was making Batman a romantic character between th- with, with, with his relationship with Catwoman. Um, and you can watch interview after interview of people from the Matt Reeves Batman movie referencing the Tom King run as something that they really wanted to pull into having themes for the movie. So you can definitely see a lot of that um, in the relationship of Batman and Catwoman, and it's really great. Um, This is year two Batman. He is still a stupid kid a little bit. Um, He hasn't completely become his full-fledged intelligent self. Um, and what I mean by that is he makes mistakes. He doesn't catch everything. He was raised a rich boy, no matter how, you know, shut-in he may be now. He was raised a rich boy. Of course, he's not going to know what a carpet pusher is, um, which is something that, you know, it's pointed out to him in the movie. He doesn't solve every one of the Riddler's riddles. Um, he gets most of them, sure. He They make a point that he's very smart, but he's not God. He's not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. <laughs> um, so the, this is year two. He is still a work in progress as Batman and as a detective. Now, something that I've seen a lot of people not like is they did not like how Bruce Wayne was a shut-in, which is exactly what I did love. Um, and it seems that they seem to think that in developing his Batman persona... Bruce Wayne will naturally become more of that public playboy that, you know, we all know and hate. Um, why, why would people think that? This is not that Batman. This, this is a Batman who is a shut-in because... Uh, yeah. He had that moment with Alfred uh, where he took Alfred... Where Alfred took his hand and that was, that was a very, very good moment because he said some things there that you could tell were very uncomfortable for him to say. You can feel the toxic masculinity trying to get him not to say it. But based on the events, he knows he has to say it because he may not get another chance, which is his whole concern and his whole emotion that he is passing over to to tell Alfred what he is feeling. That was a really, really good scene because the line that he says, I never thought I would feel that fear again, that really drives home what Alfred is for him. Um, and I think that's something that they have not really had in a lot of the past iterations of Batman, Alfred being family. 
this is also Jim Gordon before he is commissioner, um, very early on in Jim Gordon's career, where people are kind of suspicious of him because he's buddies with the Batman and he brings the Batman in on his cases and they're all kind of like, dude, really? Like again like um and one thing i also really loved robert pattinson is not a, a particularly tall man as far as i know um he is you know slim and tallish but he's not like particularly a mighty height or anything like that um but you can notice very specifically in a couple of these scenes you see him standing next to some people or some cops or whatever it may be um where they for sure a have him in thick rubber soles to make him look taller and b they made sure the other person in the shot was significantly shorter than him to make sure that he looks as physically large as possible, which makes a lot of sense um, in that, you know, Batman being a large dude. And there was something um, that was going on on Twitter a few months ago where people were all really mad about how, oh, Frank Miller has really confused your ideas of Batman's size. no. That was not Frank Miller. Frank Miller draws a scrawny Batman fairly often. <laughs> um, I had a point there, I'm sure, but um, let me think. The Riddler's character was a very interesting take. Um, how he tied a lot into... Hmm, how should I say this? He tied a lot into... Um, the, the whole concept of young boys being basically seduced into being political extremists on a very, very far out there side of things. Um, it was very interesting how they did, how they kind of pulled that whole dark real world stuff into it. Um, there's a couple of things that I kind of want to mention when I do a spoiler, more of a spoiler review. Um, uh, there was a woman in this, I'm trying not to spoil too much, but I'm trying to mention as many Easter eggs as I can. There was a woman in this who was Selena's friend. Um, uh, she was a big part of Selena's role in the movie. I believe if I'm not mistaken, she is an inspired by Selena's sister from the comics, um, who she actually in her first solo series ends up, I believe her first solo series is actually called My Sister's Keeper, um, where she goes out and tries to help her sister and, it's all tied in with Batman and the church and all this stuff. Obviously different than what they did in the movie, but I believe that character was supposed to be uh, inspired by her sister. There was no over-explanation. Um, there was no like, oh, this is how Batman got his gear. Um, you know, in the Nolan movies, you had that ridiculous, now that I look back on it, montage of, mm, yes, Christian Bale looking at stuff and going, you know what? I can make this into a cape from a bat suit. And then Michael Caine goes, oh, good idea, sir, or whatever. Um, all that explanation of how he got the suit put together and how he trained, none of that. We got none of that, which I'm really glad for because never have we ever needed that before until Christopher Nolan's very, as people keep calling it, grounded Batman movies. They were too grounded to be Batman, in my opinion. They were good movies, but they were not necessarily Batman movies, there was no detectiving, there was no uh, classic Batman. <laughs> um, this is much less grounded, but in the sense that this is a superhero movie. You don't need every little thing explained as how they got here, because we're talking about superheroes here, folks. 
Um, we're a little bit out there to begin with, so a lot of these things are just going to be swept under the rug. Um, not in a bad way, really, but just um, letting it be more comic booky. Um, there was, everybody, you know, talks about, oh, the Joker cameo. There was a Joker cameo. Um, I think it's worth pointing out. Matt Reeves did not put that in there for a teaser. He had that in there as a Easter egg, not a teaser. It's an Easter egg of, oh, look at this thing that exists in Gotham. Not a, oh, look at this thing that exists in Gotham is going to be in the next movies. Matt Reeves has no plans on using the Joker in his next movies. I honest to God hope he does not. Um, I think that was just a fun little throwaway Easter egg, and I'm happy with it that way. And of course, Zoe Kravitz completely knocked it out of the park with absolutely every part of her identity as Selena Kyle's Catwoman. With the whip, with the costume. You know, I just have to point out also, <laughs> um, it doesn't do much for women, I guess I will say that, but uh, something really funny about Tom King's Batman run was Mikhail Janin in particular has a way of drawing Batman and Catwoman together where he could literally wrap both hands around her waist. Like, she is so petite compared to him in, in Mikhail Janin's art. And by God, if they didn't go out there and find an actress who looked that physically petite next to Robert Pattinson's Batman, they did it, man. I, I Disclaimer to all women, we are not like, that's not the average woman is supposed to look like, you know, that petite, that is, that is super petite, but it works for Catwoman because that's literally how she's been drawn for all of her history, petite, but with muscles, you know, she's, she's Catwoman. Um, so Zoe Kravitz, absolutely excellent job. Robert Pattinson, fantastic job. Um, I really, really love, I know people I'm sure were making fun of it, but I love the emo hair as he walks through different scenes as Bruce Wayne. Really, really loved that. I think it drove home his whole shut-in, kind of greasy guy, like, away from the media, away from the social, the public eye. I, it, it works. I think it worked really well. Um, and I am so, so excited to see this movie a second time. <clears throat> that wraps up another very short episode of Sensational She Geek live from Yancey Street. Uh, we will have another regular episode next Monday. We're, we got everything back on track for the podcast now after all of these catch-up episodes. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go take a look. I've got two. I've got the March Yancey Street special about Clea. And I have the February Yancey Street special about Patsy Waxer and Toxic Romance in Comics because it felt appropriate for Valentine's Day. So go and check those out as well as three other episodes, regular weeklies that I have posted today. Um, and there's plenty of content to be filled in on. So thank you very much for listening again to this episode. Let me know if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Otherwise, I hope to have you check back in again next week for another episode. Thank you very much. Keep it sweaty.